Thank you, Lexi and Kat. Good morning. Thank you. You know I like for you to talk back to me. Good morning. I'm excited this morning. This is um, a special week. One, because it's the start of Advent. It's the start of a season of waiting. But a special kind of waiting. A waiting with hope. Not an empty waiting, not a passive waiting, but a waiting with expectancy. And so when we began to plan this week of chapel back, back last spring, the topic of adoption as part of our series on an abundant life, our year-long series of what does it mean in a variety of ways to have this life of abundance that's promised and is spread throughout the gospel, throughout all of scripture. And so the idea that Jesus is adopted by his earthly father, Joseph. So there's an aspect of adoption even embedded within Jesus' story. And so Tammy Coker, who is the executive director of New Life Family Services, was here with us on Monday, starting off this topic of adoption. And then yesterday was a panel where we had members of our community talking about adoption. And this morning, we get to hear the sacred story of Thomas and Karina, who have experienced adoption as adoptive parents. And then we're also going to cover the topic, a topic that you may not be as familiar with, which is embryo adoption. And so there's a lot that's going to be packed into this chapel. And so without any further delay, I want to introduce Tammy Coker, who will then give more details about Thomas and Karina. So let's give them a warm Northwestern welcome. Well, thank you for having us back. It was a pleasure to be with you on Monday and getting to hear from Kelsey share about making an adoption plan for her daughter. And I hear your panel yesterday was awesome hearing from the adoptees. And so now we're excited to share the other side of adoption, which is through the perspective of the adoptive family. And so Thomas and Karina are here with us today to share about their story and journey of adoption. So I'm gonna let you guys just go for it. Get yeah, well, yeah, great to be here. Um, thank you for uh, the opportunity. Uh, my name is Thomas, uh, my wonderful wife, Karina. Um, uh, we've been married for about 15, well, it has been 15 years, actually. Last month, we celebrated 15 years of marriage, and as I often like to say, thank you, yes, yeah, and as I often like to say, my very favorite thing in the world is to be married to Karina. That is uh, amazing. We've, the Lord has given Aww. us a sweet, sweet 15 years, so yeah, well, I didn't look for that response necessarily, but uh, we feel that way, so it's pretty sweet. Um, but uh, I am a, I'm a pastor out in a, a, at a church that meets out in Woodbury. I've uh, been doing that for about 10 years now. Uh, Karina had been a first grade teacher for 10 years. Uh, also before our first daughter came along, uh, at which time she, uh, we, we chose for her to come home and be a stay-at-home mom and eventually now a, a homeschool teacher for several years. And uh, we have... Um, Two amazing daughters, um, our oldest one, Kirka, she's eight years old now, and uh, she loves climbing and other active things. She loves dancing. Um, our younger daughter, Anagret, she's six years old now, um, and she loves to swim. She loves to, uh, she loves little critters, snakes even, uh, bugs, things like that, loves to get into that at six years old. It's pretty sweet to, uh, to, to watch her uh, enjoy things like that. And of course, these 
these wonderful girls of ours, they, they came into our family through adoption. Uh, and we absolutely love uh, the experience that God is giving us. Uh, it's great to be able to share just a little bit about it. We know our experience isn't like everybody's experience, um, but we are very happy to be at least one example of how God might build families through adoption. We, um, we have always wanted to adopt even when we were um, uh, engaged. We had talked about it and we agreed this is something that we, that we really did want to do. Um, but we also... Uh, thought that we would have some biological kids as well. As it turns out, that's not uh, how things worked out for us. Um, and so we struggled through about six years worth of infertility. Um, very difficult uh, season for us. Um, in fact, we still struggle and are wrestling through infertility still today. Um, but uh, one of the things I love about our experience um, and and for what I'm grateful for with our experience um, and adoption is just that God has really been able to showcase himself, uh, showcase his nature, especially as a redeemer. Um, he, he takes ugly, broken, uh, dark things and he makes wonderful, beautiful, bright things. And I think we've experienced that really intimately in our journey. And, uh, and I think if, our, if the birth moms of our kids were here, they would say the same thing. They would say that God is a redeemer and he's done some amazing things through uh, bringing uh, beauty out of, out of brokenness. And as, um, as Thomas shared, we, we really do just love adoption. We're pretty bonkers about adoption. We're thankful for adoption. Um, and that story started for us after a season of uh, pursuing reproductive technology. As Thomas said, we experienced infertility. And so we, for a while, were pursuing different um, options to see if the Lord would be pleased to give us a pregnancy. And he chose not to do that. And so after a few years of pursuing that, we uh, just decided to stop that pursuit and turn to pursue adoption. And um, actually, before uh, our daughter Kirka was born, we had two other birth moms that we met with, and they chose to place our, uh, their babies with us. The first birth mom, um, her name is Sue, and we met her six weeks before her baby was due and just got to spend a lot of time getting to know her, um, developing love for her, developing love for her baby. And, um, and uh, right around the time that we were expecting to get a call to be the ones to take her to the hospital and then for me to be with her for the delivery of her baby, instead we got a call saying that she uh, had had her baby the night before and had decided to parent. And, um, and that, was, that was really painful. I think that's among the most painful experiences that we've had in our 15 years of marriage. Um, that baby was the baby where we had all of the baby showers and all of the people in our lives that had been waiting with us for years. Um, they were celebrating with us and expecting with us the arrival of this little girl. And so we had um, a prepared nursery and a crib and a car seat. And so we really felt that loss significantly. And um, just a week later, in God's crazy providence, he had for another birth mom to choose to place her babies with us. And she was expecting twins. And um, man, we were super duper excited about that because we had actually prayed specifically if the Lord was willing, um, back when we started the adoption process, if he was willing, that he would give us twins in June. And this birth mom was expecting twins in June. And so it just felt like this crazy um, providence that God had ultimately said no to our first experience and then was saying yes to this one. 
And that sweet woman, her name is Rose, and she, um, she was just really in a broken season of life. She was homeless and parenting other children. Um, they lived in her car, and she was in, had been in an abusive relationship with the father of the baby that she was carrying. And um, her mom um, just really wasn't um, supportive of her making an adoption plan. And so ultimately, um, she, she kind of decided by default not to pursue an adoption plan. And actually, her plan to parent or to place for adoption kind of flip-flopped three different times um, up until the babies were two months old and a social worker was prepared with the car seats to go get the babies and then bring them home to our house, um, to the nursery that now had two cribs in it and we were expecting two babies. And, um, and then ultimately she just stopped communicating with the social worker. And so we actually don't really know how the story ended for Rose except that um, she was kind of by default choosing to parent her babies. And so we came out of our experience of waiting as an adoptive family was really active because we had been chosen by birth moms and then babies had been born and they didn't come home with us. And, and so we were, we were left pretty heartbroken and um, for ourselves, but also for the people around us that were waiting to see what God was going to do. And um, we got a call that um, a birth mom had seen our profile online. She was with a different agency. And um, she happened to um, be eight months pregnant and had just learned that she was pregnant. She didn't know that she was pregnant for nearly all of her pregnancy. And so she chose quickly to make an adoption plan. And we met with her. And, um, and she chose that night to place her baby with us. Her name is Jenna. And then five days later, her baby was born. And that's our first daughter, Kirka. And, um, and so God was just so kind to us after so much up and down experience to give us just a really quick, sweet relationship with Jenna, to have her baby to come really quickly. And, um, and uh, we got the experience. There's this really sweet thing um, uh, at hospitals in the area that if there's a room available, a lot of times adoptive families are able to stay in the hospital. And so we got to do that. We got to stay in a room across the hall from Jenna. And that meant that we got to share care of our daughter, Kirka, in the hospital, which was just really a profoundly sweet experience to share together. We got to continue to get to know Jenna because we had only just met her. And, um, and then when Kirka was discharged from the hospital, she came home with us. And then a year later, when we were eligible to start the adoption process again, um, this time we um, pursued adoption with New Life Family Services. We were with a different agency previously. And we really cannot say enough about how much we love this organization and the things that they do to care um, for people experiencing pregnancy in all kinds of different ways. And, um, and so we created, um, we, we pursued the home study process. We created a profile book, which is part of the adoption process. And um, just kind of a book that shares a little bit about who we are as a family and shows some pictures and talks a little bit about the things that we love. And um, Greta, our second daughter's birth mom, saw that profile book and chose to meet with us and then chose to place her baby with us. And so we met Greta, um, the second birth mom in our lives currently, three months before her baby was due. And so unlike our experience with Jenna, we had three months to get to know Greta and spend time with her and learn a little bit about who she is. And then um, I had the privilege to attend one of her prenatal visits, which was really cool. And then, um, and just as the Lord had it, our, our daughter Anagret happened to be born in the same hospital as our first daughter. And again, we had the experience of staying in the hospital with, um, with her in a separate 
separate room. And um, Greta chose, because Jenna didn't know she was pregnant, um, she, nobody else in her life really knew that she was pregnant. But Greta had a particularly um, sick pregnancy, and everybody knew that she was pregnant and was awaiting this arrival of this baby with her. So she chose to have a lot of people come to the hospital, which was really sweet because then we got to get to know a lot of her family during our time there. And, um, and then like our experience with Kirka, when Annegret was discharged from the hospital, she came home with us. And so God has just been really, really kind to our family to give us two baby girls, um, almost exactly two years apart, and uh, both of them through adoption. Yeah, and, and it's, I mean, one of the things that we just love about our particular experience, again, we know this isn't everybody's experience, but it, what, it is what um, God's been gracious to do for us, uh, is that, that when we adopted these kiddos, it, we didn't just gain amazing, wonderful daughters, but we we really gained a, a, a much larger extended family as well because of the, these girls, um, uh, their birth families. And so, I mean, really a uh, big extended family. Now aunts, cousins, uncles, um, uh, grandparents, and we just absolutely love them. We get to spend lots of time with them, uh, lots of communications, and it's just been a really, really um, sweet in that regard for us. Yeah, I think there yeah. might even be some pictures maybe that just give a little um, snapshot of our experience in open adoption, but um, there are a few things about our adoption story that get me more than, um, than just the amazing privilege of getting to know these women and getting to know this man. Um, a year after Annegret was born, right before her first birthday, we got to meet Annegret's birth dad's family. We still don't know Kirka's birth dad or his family, and we love to tell her that, um, that even though we don't know him, God knows exactly who he is and where he is, and so he's known. But we don't know him, but we met, um, this is um, in the plaid shirt, that's Annegret's birth dad, and we got to meet him, and um, he moved to California, uh, and so we get to see him a little less often, but he's so generous with his time and money and chooses to fly home to spend time with us and with um, our daughters, Annegret and Kirka. And so we see Daniel probably about four times a year and, um, and then just exchange a lot of pictures and texts and updates in between those visits. And then um, uh, these two blonde gals right here are our sweet daughter's birth moms. And um, there just are not many people in the world that I love as much as those girls. And um, a fun fact about Greta, this is Greta. She's, uh, she's Annegret's birth mom. She's um, five foot three, and this is Jenna, Kirka's birth mom. She's six foot four. And um, they really just are such precious, precious girls. We love to just be with them as much as we can. Uh, I think as Thomas said, what, what has been sweet in our experience of open adoption, I think sometimes open adoption can, can look like a plan. And so there's a plan on paper of how often to see one another or how often to exchange um, communication. Our experience of open adoption has just been a relationship and we just really want to be with the girls' birth families as much as possible. And so that has looked like um, doing really kind of special things together, like uh, every summer we have the opportunity to go on a trip with each of the girls' birth moms' families. And it's fun because those are family vacations for them, so all of their extended family tends to be a part of those experiences. So we get to be with the birth moms and their family, and we love that. That's a highlight of the year for us every year. Um, 
we like to celebrate holidays together. We celebrate Christmas and birthdays and other holidays. Um, we like to go to festivals and zoos and amusement parks. And so we like to do bigger things together, but we also just really love to do regular life together. And so we love to play board games and read books and share meals and um, just be together as much as possible. Um, the day before Mother's Day is Birth Mother's Day, and that has become a really precious celebration for us because it's one of the times each year that both of the birth mama's families come together with us. And so that's a time each year, um, usually once or twice a year, but around Birth Mother's Day is one of the times that we get to spend time with Jenna and her parents and whoever else she invites and Greta and her parents and whoever else she invites together. And that's been really a sweet experience to kind of have that um, shared time with both birth mamas and their families. And then as our girls are getting older, one thing that's been really fun is that um, um, we've kind of fallen into a pattern of having Greta take Anagret on a date and Jenna take Kirka on a date at the same time that Thomas and I get to have a date, which is pretty awesome. And, um, and that's just been sweet to watch as the girls are getting older that they're developing a new depth of relationship. They adore their birth mamas, but they're getting to develop a new depth of relationship now as they're getting older, which has been really fun um, to get to see. So it's just a taste of our experience in open adoption. Yeah, and we're, I mean, I, I just think with, with our experience, we've just really been, um, uh, blessed to be able to taste that God really is faithful. Again, that he's a, he's a gracious God. He's a faithful God. Um, he does very kind and generous things to people like us who don't deserve it and others. And, and, uh, um, and we're just very, very thankful for it. I mean, it really is a, um, at least for us, we see it as a real display of the gospel. I mean, we see Jesus is, is um, uh, you know, he, he died for our sins, but not just our sins. He, he died to redeem brokenness and to uh, redeem sadness and and make all things new ultimately and we uh, have experienced a sweet taste of that uh, with our journey thank you for sharing that um so one quick question as you look back i know you talked about wanting to adopt even before you knew whether or not you could have biological kids what would you say is the number one thing that surprised you throughout all of this that you've learned about adoption Hard to say just one thing. Um, um, I, I am surprised at, I mean, when we came into the experience, we knew very little about open adoption. And we were pr actually pretty skeptical about it when we first learned about it and almost sort of felt uh, like it was, I guess this is kind of what people do now, so I guess this is what we're supposed to do. And I could not have imagined the story that God's writing through it. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and we hear that all the time. Families often come in. Part of the process is educating them about openness. Um, one of the things that we hear in our centers um, often, and I'll use their terminology, not ours, but is, you know, I could never carry a child for nine months and then just give it away. That's the common thing that we hear with women who find out that they're pregnant and, you know, they're not sure what they want to do, but all they know is they don't want to do that. And so it's an education process, I think, for the women who are pregnant. I think it's an education process for the families because it's a lot different than what people think. And what would you say, you know, to somebody who finds themselves in that situation and says, I could never do that? What would you say? I think, um, 
I think one of the many, many privileges of open adoption is that we have access to two women that can answer that question really well. And we have had a lot of sweet opportunities, even an opportunity like this, we really can't tell you what a privilege this feels like to us. Um, we just want people to know that um, that adoption can look lots of different ways. And I think that there's a, a, a new culture of adoption that can look beautiful and open and vulnerable. And so we really love that as, as more people have known that we've experienced adoption than people have, we've gotten many phone calls saying, um, we just found out that our neighbor's daughter is experiencing an unplanned pregnancy. Is there any chance that she would be able to call one of your birth moms to talk to them? And um, that has happened more than once. And our, 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 the birth mamas with whom we have relationship love to share their experience. They've had opportunities. One of them in particular has had some opportunities kind of like this. And I just think um, they have a voice, certainly to their own experience, but that can address that question with honesty and tenderness, that can acknowledge that um, like none of us are home yet. We're just not home yet. And so we're all longing on this side of heaven to be in the place of perfection and, and sweetness. But I think they can speak to what feels painful about um, placing a baby for adoption and then what they've now experienced that feels sweeter than anything they could have ever imagined. And so I think both of them would, would be quick to share that and then just quick to make much of who Jesus is in that. I think that they've, they've seen Jesus rescue them from a place, both of them would say, of really deep darkness during their experience of unplanned pregnancy and to bring them to a place of sweetness with him. Awesome. Well, thank you. And can we give them a round of applause for sharing and being vulnerable? Thank you. I want to switch gears just a little bit. One thing I want to touch on is openness. So both when Greta shared, or not Greta, sorry, <laughs> when uh, Kelsey shared on Monday and then also their experience, you know, those have been pretty open adoptions. We like to say openness is a continuum. So some are very, very, very open and some are more on the closed side and most of them fall somewhere in between. So every adoption does look pretty different. But something we get to touch on now is something you may have never thought about. I certainly probably had never thought about it before we started doing it, but that is the concept of embryo adoption. And so um, as they were talking about uh, technology today is astounding and um, there are medical ways that people can have children nowadays that weren't even possible many years ago. One of those is IVF, in vitro fertilization. Probably most of you have heard of that. Um, but the challenges of in vitro fertilization and all of this technology is that it has created a little bit of a moral dilemma for some people. So many times they will freeze more embryos than what are necessary or because the percentage of pregnancies that occur from embryo um, or from IVF is lower than a traditional pregnancy. And so what happens is, you know, maybe you are doing this process and you are now done building your family, you've had all the children you want to have, and there are leftover embryos. And so for those of us that believe that life begins at conception and the embryology and embryologists that talk about that, how many of you were here when Kim Katola shared? Do any of you remember the analogy of um, embryos and, and um, you know, you and I, the differences between those? There was an acronym that she used. Anybody remember that? Come on. SLED. The only difference, these embryos are human, individual human beings with their own unique DNA. And the only there are four differences between them and us. Size, level of development, environment, and degree of dependency. Remember that. 
And so this has left a moral dilemma because these are human beings that have now been created, and if you're a believer, in the image of God. And so what do we do with these leftover embryos? And there are a few options. One is you can do nothing. You can keep them frozen. You can destroy them, which would be destroying creations in the image of God. Um, you can donate them to science, but now you can also make them available for adoption. And we've been doing this a long time. It's hard for me to wrap my brain around, but one of the really cool things is we have families that come to us, much like Thomas and Karina, who have struggled with infertility. Sometimes the infertility is on the male side of things, and so uh, the female can conceive and continue a pregnancy. Or sometimes maybe she can't conceive, but she can continue a pregnancy. So sometimes embryo adoption is an option for those families. And so we are privileged to be able to do the home studies for those. We have a family that has gone through the process of embryo adoption through New Life. They were not able to be with us here today, but they wanted to share their story with you via video. So please watch. I'm Andrea, and this is John. And we pursued embryo adoption through New Life Adoptions. It was a crazy journey. We were going through some difficulties ourselves having children, but we still had a heart uh, for me to be pregnant, but also adopt, so we were just really up in the air what we wanted to do. My sister and brother-in-law actually went through New Life for domestic adoption. We just really loved the process that they were going through. When we first got their application, we noticed that there were two choices to check off, and one was domestic adoption and the other was embryo adoption. I had never heard of embryo adoption before. found out that I have the ability to be pregnant and that we can also have adoption be a part of our story. You know, Jasper wasn't just two cells in a petri dish, like there's a long thought out plan. Um, and we just felt that that's where God was leading us. You know, you think about all the embryos that, that are frozen, they're, they're souls, they're people. So God ordering every step of this, this just felt right. During this time, I was a part of a social media uh, embryo adoption donation support group. And you ask questions of each other if you're what you're going through and just seek support. We all introduced ourselves, said our names, where we're from, where we are in the process, what we hope to do through it or whatnot. And I'd say a couple days later, I got a private message from a woman. And she said, I saw what you wrote and I saw your profile pic. Your husband looks kind of like my husband. And I was wondering where you are in the process because my husband and I have embryos that we want to adopt out and we're wondering if you guys would be the right match for us. And so I went back and called National Embryo Donation Center and said, okay, here's our situation. Wasn't expecting this to happen. This is total God thing. What do we do? And so she, the woman I was talking to, basically said, oh, I can get those embryos out of there within two, three weeks. You guys are good. And then this will, they can donate those embryos free, no charges to them. And it just all lined up. Probably the, the toughest part of the pregnancy was because this is, you know, embryo implantation, you know, so very similar to IVF with all the extra shots and medical aspects. And I think it, it drew us closer together to know, okay, we got through this far. I loved being pregnant. There were things that aren't so awesome, but I think <laughs> every woman, you know, can say that. The thing that I loved about 
this pregnancy is because not everybody can see their child from the start. We have ultrasounds of when he was transferred. So I got to see him at six weeks and I got to see him at nine weeks. And so we can be able to show him this and show him the growth in the story. The day he was born, it was just tough, but just to be able to kiss my son, to be able to hear him breathe, to be able to touch him and to be able to hold him after six years of hoping and praying that we could be a mom and a dad and just grieving and hurting for so long. It was beautiful to be able to have my son finally. With embryo adoption, openness is as much as you want and I think that's very seemed very similar to domestic adoption as well. We really wanted a close relationship and we really hoped and prayed for an open relationship with the family that we would be connected to. They had become an extended family, but we weren't sure exactly how that would work, but we've met with them face to face and our kids have played together. So we've been able to become even closer. And I think through different research that we did, we found out that it's very important to have that for your child, the openness and the awareness. Um, they have noticed that there's a lot more positive outcomes with that than negative. They really want to know their genetic siblings because that's who's similar to them. And to have that connection really fills in the gaps. What I would say to someone who is considering embryo adoption is really look into it for yourself. Don't be afraid to research. Don't be afraid to look into the, all the other options. There's actually a lot more out there than there used to be. The thing that I loved about New Life Adoption is that they care and they're there for you every step along the way. And when they say, if you need anything, call us, they mean it. And I really appreciated that because that meant that, you know, okay, whew, we're not alone in this got also someone else in our corner who cares about us and New Life Family Adoptions does that. They're there for you. My hopes and dreams for Jasper really whatever he wants and I believe that God has an amazing plan for him. I don't know what it is he's supposed to do in this life but I believe it's something great that he's supposed to do amazing things because I look at the journey that brought him here and you know all of our journeys all of our stories are unique but to think that he started for us just those two cells in the petri dish and, and and where he's come in terms of just that plan so i really i'm excited to see as he grows up um, as he becomes a young man and an adult where he's gonna go what that story is because it, thus far his story is so amazing it's so rich and he's so full of life i just i can't fathom what he's gonna do and how he's gonna do amazing things for god that crazy it's it's actually really mind-blowing and getting into openness and it can look very similar to traditional adoption and it's just it's really a fun thing that we get to do um, at new life and I just want to thank you for having us here and I just love the focus on adoption this week I hope that you've been encouraged and blessed um, I think as we look at all the whole triad of adoption I think there are very real challenges that each of those parties face 
I think of the brokenness and the hurting of the disrupted adoptions, of the infertility, of an unexpected pregnancy. There's a lot of brokenness, but God just does amazing and beautiful things through adoption, and so we're just really grateful. We have a table in the Billy that we would love to talk with you about any of the services that we do, whether it's adoption or our first care pregnancy centers, our Conquerors post-abortion program. We also are um, creating a student advisory panel. So if you are passionate about what New Life does, we would love to talk with you um, and see if it would be a good fit for you to do that. So please stop by the table and talk with us. And I am going to pray you all out of here because we got, we got right on time. So Lord, thank you so much for the gift of adoption. God, thank you for adopting us as your sons and daughters. Lord, thank you for creation. Lord, thank you for redeeming um, difficult circumstances, Lord. And I just pray for each of these students as they are heading into finals shortly. God, I just pray for peace and for um, focus and just for the ability to finish strong, God. And thank you for this day in Jesus' name. Amen.